There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Oh, Raider Nation, happy Friday night. What a Friday night. I know you're going to tip back a cold one tonight after what happened yesterday and this week, St. Patrick's Day. Guess what? Raider fans, the Raiders, they found their pot of gold. His name is Devontae Adams, and he is the highest-paid wide receiver in the history of the NFL, and he now resides in Las Vegas. He now wears the silver and black. Welcome back to Silver and Black tonight, Southern California's only all Raiders talk show here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Scott Branson, your host with you tonight. Mo Moten still on assignment with Bleacher Report. He'll be back next week. But I'm very fortunate joining me tonight, a good friend and someone I know Raider Nation is very familiar with. That is Phil Robinson the third. He's the co-host of The Unfiltered Truth. He's also a contributor with our friends at the LA Football Network and more Raider Ramble, just, just to, to throw another one in there because you're a busy dude. Phil, dude, thanks for being with us tonight here on the show, first of all. But can you believe what happened yesterday on Thursday? Devontae Adams, he's taken a claim. The pot of gold ends up in Las Vegas. First and foremost, thank you for having me. And uh, when when the news broke, I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe it, honestly. When I thought I had I'd heard all of this in the offseason and the chatter, and it was like, there's, there's just no way that this is going to happen. It, they want too much. It's going to cost too much. I know mm-hmm. that Derek asked for his guy. Derek said, we've all been saying we need to get Derek a number one receiver. Well, guess what? Dave Ziegler went out and got Derek the number one receiver, (laughs) not just a number one receiver, the number one receiver in all of the NFL right now. And from what we saw earlier with Max Crosby and what we can genuinely say about this front office thus far is when they find their guy, they throw their support behind their guy. And Devontae Adams is now one of their guys. He sure is, and I'll tell you what, Phil, what what strikes me about this, and again, the details of the deal, if you didn't read it yesterday, uh, the Raiders, I mean, I'm going to argue that this is like a, a tourist going to Las Vegas and sticking their whole life savings in a slot machine, pulling the handle and losing, because the Raiders get Devontae Adams for a first-round pick this year, 2022, that's the number 22 pick overall. They also give up this year's number two in 2022. That's the number 53 pick. Adams gets a $141.25 million contract. As I mentioned, the largest for any wide receiver in the history of the NFL. It's more than $27 million more than what uh, Calvin Johnson got back in 2012 so he busts Megatron's contract record but Phil they stole Devonta Adams in my view yes you give up those two picks but we all know what's happened with Raider picks over the last four years so to me this is the guy this is one of the missing pieces and and after this week where the Raiders went out and did so much to get Devonta Adams Phil if I would have told you they're going to get him for a one and a two and that's it would you have ever believed me no I, I sure <laughs> wouldn't have 
No, no way on God's earth would I believe that he was going to get out of Green Bay for a first and a second. That is that is insane. But uh, let's let's stop and 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 let's give David Carr a, a little bit of credit because he spoke it into existence. <laughs> he did. And it happened. He spoke yeah. it into existence. I have to give credit where credit is due. I thought that there was no way this was going to happen. Uh, the fact that they pay that uh, Green Bay let well, it, it wasn't necessarily unexpected. I when you stop and get past the emotions of it, you stop and look at all the money that they just gave Aaron Rodgers. There was going to be no right. way in the world they were going to be able to keep both of them. It just right. was not going to happen. And and I I I started my my little uh, hair started prickling when he said he was not going to play for the franchise tag. And once he said that he was not going to pay, play for the franchise tag and after Aaron had gotten all his money, there was really a, only one logical conclusion that was going to, but the likelihood of them just flat out releasing him was never going to happen. So somebody was going to end up trading for him. And the fact that Green Bay was gracious enough mm-hmm. to only take a first and a second <laughs> from the Raiders for him is... is I. Yeah, I mean... It's incredible guy right here. Dave yeah, no Ziegler kidding. And, and it's funny because for those of you uh, for, oh, by the way, we are simulcast on YouTube right now as well. And if you look at my chalkboard, I have it here and it says Ziegler balls of brass. I mean, Phil, this guy, I, and we haven't even started talking about anybody else. Cause we have to start with Devonta Adams, the best wide receiver in the game. And he's now a Raider and that offense suddenly gets a heck of a lot better. But we're not, we haven't even touched on, oh, somebody named Chandler Jones, right? So now you get somebody to go on the other side of Max Crosby. Now, yes, Yannick Ngakwe did a fine job last year. But in this offense, in this Patrick Graham, excuse me, defense, in this Patrick Graham defense, uh, uh, Ngakwe wasn't necessarily the best fit. They now go out and get the guy who fits the system who's played for Graham before. So you add in the Adams, you add in the Jones, just those two guys. And and as a, as a guy covering the team, let alone a fan, I, I would have been happy with that. Uh, absolutely. You would have been happy with that. I'd have been salivating over it too. And, and even with that, you, we hadn't even got to some of the other players. I'm not going to spoil the lead, but just off of those two two moves alone, I w- it's just like that you've seen a clear change in the direction of this franchise. There is a plan. There's mm-hmm. a there's a system. There's a team, and they there are results. There's nothing. There's no guesswork here. Right now, no. Right now, with all of the moves that the Chargers made in two moves, two. They're already back where they were, looking up at the Raiders. <laughs> I know you're going to get that in for our 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 three Charger fans, maybe that are tuned in uh, in Southern California. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing is it, it, it's it's an interesting point, Phil, because early on in the week I had talked a lot about and I was joking on Twitter and, and posting pictures of Yoda preaching patience because 
after one day, and I understand it. Listen, I, I say it all the time, Phil, to, to Raider fans, and that is, look, I get it. It's been a long time. Everybody was excited when Gruden came back and that fell apart. And so so I get it. Everybody's chomping at the bit. But you have two guys now at the helm, and I think this is an important point to make, and you just touched on it, which is these are guys that come from a winning organization. You can hate Bill Belichick and the Patriots all you want. Totally fine with me. But I will tell you, they get the job done. Whether they cheat to get the job done, that's a different discussion for a different day. But nonetheless, these guys have rings. Our good friend on Twitter, Kevin Wynn, always says it, right? I'll listen to the guys with the rings. And so... (laughs) And these guys with the rings, Phil, they're acting... You know, this is not this is not the amateur hour any longer. No. These this is not a coach trying to be a GM. This is a GM personal uh, personnel guy from the NFL who's worked his way up, learned when one of the best organizations in sports, and then you have a coach who came out too early, kind of messed up his career, went back, did his time, learned from the master, uh, and and now they're executing. To your point against a plan and oh brother it is like insane that this team has gotten so much better still holes and we'll get to that later but this team has gotten so much better and they had to you mentioned the AFC West so they do that they trade in Gakway to the Colts they address the cornerback position with a young player that I've always been a fan of not just because of his cool name was which is Rocky Sin but um, they get a cornerback they address that need then they go get Bilal Nichols from the Chicago Bears a good guy on the inside he's not a, he's not going to be an all pro but he is a good solid player who's versatile who can play two to three different positions he can play inside um you can also play the five technique. So you look at just those moves, what they did on defense, and they got guys that they know are going to fit into that system. Absolutely they did. And it, it's just amazing how lockstep this entire front office has been and how they've gotten there such a short amount of time, how they've gone about their business of evaluating their personnel, sign, re- got their guys who they wanted to re-sign, have started adding pieces and are going to continue to move forward. They've set themselves up in a position where they didn't have to react knee jerk to what everybody else was doing. They have a plan, as we said, stated earlier, they've gone through the fires they've learned. And right now for everybody who was crying and complaining about Dave Ziegler not winning day one of the tampering period. <laughs> I would argue that Dave Ziegler has won not only day one, but day two of the actual free agency period of the start of the right. league year. Right. And I know now people are getting, it's funny, Raider Nation, so excited. But I'm telling you, Phil, last night, within 10 minutes after the news breaks about Devontae Adams coming to Las Vegas, I see the tweets. Oh, are we going to have money left uh, enough to sign offensive line? <laughs> now, a good question. Solid concern. It's a solid concern because listen, yes, you got you have the weapons now. You're if you get Waller healthy, you have Renfro. Now you have Adams. You hope Adams can rub off on Brian Edwards, uh, and 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 they can they can find another solution there at wide receiver too. Um, but but who's going to block? So so they need to address that concern. There's no question. But I think they've done everything they could. They clearly, and that's why it was quiet. And so many folks like you, like Mo, like myself, and other great-minded folks out there who pay attention to the Raiders said, hey, just chill. Yes, it's disappointing. You'd love to see it all happen on the first day, okay? 
But at the same time, you have to you have to sit back. You cannot inaction doesn't mean you're not doing something behind the scenes. And so I think you know maybe just maybe. I doubt it, but maybe people learn not to underestimate this new regime when it comes to this team addressing its needs. It's something that I've kicked around and thought about, written about on numerous occasions. As Raider fans, Raider fans are accustomed to things going wrong some way, somehow. They're not accustomed to seeing a front office be a cohesive unit, run in lockstep, set a plan, execute said plan, and produce results. This front off, this front office that you've seen has been part of a unit in New England that has been kicking the league's ass for the last 20 years. Everybody who's come from New England has had, who's, these are the guys who stayed. There have been a mm-hmm. lot of guys who've come and gone, but these are the guys who stayed and soaked up all that knowledge, worked their way up, from being young guys, because make no mistake, they've all been there from as as interns and, and video guys and all types of stuff. Right. They've been through all the fires. They've been through all the scandals. You had mentioned earlier if they cheated to win, and I'll tell you that the great intimidator once said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, and, and you know what's funny, Phil? The moment I heard of the Adams trade, and I was with you, I never thought it would happen in fact, Mo and I did, I think, two weeks ago, uh, a segment here on the show where we said, you don't need them. I mean, yes, it would be great to have them, but there's other things they could do. That, of course, was the Allen Robinson piece, which we saw Robinson sign earlier uh, on Thursday in Los Angeles with the Rams. So there went that. And then Raider fans, I saw them get into Eeyore mode. Oh, you know, what was us? What was us? And then suddenly, boom. And when that trade happened, Phil, I really thought of Al Davis because this is the kind of trade... I think Al Davis in his prime would have loved because this is the kind of player that he would have loved. And of course, you're right. The the car recruitment of Devontae Adams. And then as soon as he mentioned the tag issue, you kind of knew that there was something set in stone there as well. Phil, let's let's now move on. <clears throat> we could talk about Devontae Adams all night, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But but let's talk about some of these other moves. And I wanna I wanna address the trade, the Ngakwe trade to the Colts, as I mentioned earlier with Rocky Sin. Uh and with that, the Raiders will carry eight million in dead uh um cap dead cap uh hit for Ngakwe. They'll pick pick up seven million in cap space with the trade, and the Colts are on the hook for thirteen million. Uh so they kind of not only I think win the trade there because they had a good player in Ngakwe who did well for the Raiders, and we certainly wish him the best, uh, but didn't really fit the new system. And then you get this young cornerback who needs a little bit of work, but he has all the raw talent. What about Rocky Sin do you like and why you think he'll fit in and and push to start there uh, with the Raiders in Las Vegas? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that he needs a lot of work because the the fact of the matter is everybody had crowned J.C. Jackson as the best corner that was available in free agency. But statistically speaking, Rock Yassin only gave up a 26% completion rating in man mm-hmm. coverage. Man coverage is primarily what Patrick Graham says you need to run in this league to be able to succeed. And in, in the AFC West with the caliber of wide receivers that they have, you need to be able to play man coverage. That's how you beat the Chiefs. You've got to be able to play man and keep two guys over the top to kind of monitor things and take away the deep ball. So we, you got Rakia Sin 
and in a player for player trade on and you don't typically see player for player trades like this anymore and it was a good trade let's make no nobody lost in this trade said to you yannick got to go to indianapolis with bradley where he's had all the success in his career because yannick without bradley is like the blue notes without harold melvin (laughs) (laughs) i love (laughs) you know it's just not gonna work (laughs) but but they got Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is every bit, bit the pass rusher that Yannick is and better. Yeah. I'll say he's better at that, at his best skill. And it's not even a comparison in the run game. It's really no. not. No. And so if they had an opportunity to bring in Patrick Graham's guy, Dave Ziegler's guy, Josh McDaniel's guy, the best, the, the best guy that was available out there at the position was Chandler Jones on the edge. Raiders got him. Yeah, it's it, it it's really remarkable that the the fits are so well. And then you look; they also went out and got Anthony Everett from the Ravens, which which I think is a good signing. Darius Phillips from the Bengals, of course, a uh, good special teams guy can kick return. Uh, he also played really well last year. So you you picked up three cornerbacks, Phil. And that tells you when they got in there, when Patrick Graham, when uh, Josh McDaniels looked at what they needed, they realized and they saw what happened to the Raiders because they played them. They, they, they saw it firsthand what they needed, and they addressed that position. And I think they're also going to get a young player um, with their, with their uh, lower-round draft picks uh, as well and see who else might be available off the street as well because you could do that. But, but the Raiders defensively, tonight still need some help inside and probably at linebacker but man i i like the type of player they got i like the attitudes of these guys and where they've come from the the programs they've come from if you look at Everett with the ravens and then the Bengals obviously coming just off a super bowl season and then of course uh yasin coming over from the colts they just barely made uh, lost the uh, excuse me didn't make the playoffs so so i like these guys too because i think that's important they're coming not that good players don't come from bad teams don't get me wrong but but to your point about these guys coming out of a winning organization Ziegler and McDaniels they also looked for guys who've been there understand it and know what it takes to win absolutely you started off with Everett Averett, excuse me Averett. Averett is a is a corner who's capable of playing man-to-man coverage and runs a 4-3 <laughs> part of the issue that the Chiefs have been able to take advantage with the Raiders is that they forced them into zone coverage situations or they were just simply able to outrun them in man and there was nobody who was capable of covering a guy like Tyreek Hill right. and Anthony Averett they have that guy now Anthony Averett has the opportunity to be everything that Damon Arnett was supposed to be and with uh, Rocky Sin you now have another guy who can push Trayvon Mullen and as you talk about as you talk about Darius Phillips let's not forget we still have Nate Hobbs on this team and Nate yeah. Hobbs was arguably the best slot nickel corner in football last season absolutely there's an opportunity it there are a couple opportunities and with the first and second round pick you want to say that that it is that ideal no but it's not going to kill them because there's still opportunities for them to pick up linebackers, corners, and and defensive tackles in the third, fourth, fifth, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So there's still plenty of opportunity for them to come on. Uh, if they, I, the offensive line is the is the area that I have of question as well. Yeah, no, it, that's a question, it, yeah, and it's huge because. 
now you have you have the offensive weapons you need, um, and we'll talk about the running backs that, that were that were added as well when we get to the next segment here uh, as we're coming up on a break. But but I'll tell you that yes, that offense again you know, looks so good. And, and the Raiders have for the first time in a long time, uh, you know, we thought Henry Ruggs III would be that guy, that number one guy. He started to obviously last year before the tragedy. And so to me, um, the Raiders now have what they need. Derek Carr has every possible tool he needs. He's got a slot receiver. He's, I mean, Adams can even do, do so much for him. And then you have the tight end and you have the running back. You have everything you need on offense, I think, to compete in the AFC West. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that they protect Derek Carr because the last thing you want to do is have the player injured. All right, we are up against our first break here on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. When we come back, Phil Robinson III, myself, Scott Colbranson, will be back. We're going to talk through the rest of the new Raiders, and we're going to also talk about some Raiders that the organization said goodbye to this past week. Wow, what a week for the Raiders, the first week of the new NFL year, and this is a team that is focused on not only competing in the AFC West, but winning the AFC West, and they're making the moves to make that happen. We'll come back here on Silver and Black tonight. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. I'm going to fight for the love that we own. Mommy, I never be long. And I never go the same way home. When I slide, I got to switch on the route. Can't let them follow this. Now back to Scott and Mo on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. All right, it's time to get back into it. The Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. What a busy week as the new NFL year begins. Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, Rocky Sin, Bilal Nichols, Mac Hollins. We haven't even talked about him yet. We're going to get to that just in a minute here. You're listening to Southern California's only all Raiders talk show that is silver and black tonight. Scott Branson, along with my special guest host, Phil Robinson III. He is the co-host of The Unfiltered Truth, which you can catch live on YouTube, Twitter, wherever you can. So make sure you follow Phil. We will put his Twitter handle in the description of the video or the podcast you're listening below if you're listening to us after the show airs live on Friday. And you can also catch his work on the LA Football Network, Raider Ramble, and other websites. Phil is a multi-talented guy, and we're glad to have him here. And we're talking about all these moves that the Raiders have made over the past week. And boy, let's go back into it. Before we went to the break... Uh, I kind of teased the audience. I teased you too, Phil, during the break. You're like, hey, man, whoa. So uh, you're ready, right? We're going to unleash this. Um, Let's talk about now that offense, the offensive line, and what's happening there. Uh, But let's talk about the players that the Raiders also added on offense. They added two Patriots. That is running back Brandon Bolden and, of course, fullback Jacob Johnson, uh, as well as they did sign an offensive lineman, Phil, although he is a role player. He's a guy who's going to come in. His name is Alex Bars, and uh, we'll talk about him later. But but when you look at the rest of the moves that this team has made as you head in, including 
the the Mac Hollins piece, another wide receiver that he have, and, and Raiders fans will remember Mac Hollins for the Fitzpatrick pass in Las Vegas. But talk a little bit about him, Phil. Is he is he kind of an underrated acquisition? Actually, he is. So th- when you bring up that play, all I can think of was somebody had to catch it, and it sure couldn't have been a Raider <laughs> when the quarterback has got his helmet on backwards on his face and is just <laughs> winging one. And somehow somebody managed to come down with it. Why did he come down with it? Because Mac Hollins is six foot four, 221 pounds, a special teams ace. I believe he was a special teams captain with the Dolphins mm-hmm. last season. And He's a he's a four five guy, a, a, a true four five guy. So, in it, all in all, when you look at that, that is exactly the type of receiver that Carr has loved dearly, and used religiously, mm-hmm. and and succeeded with. He is not going to be asked to be the number one guy. It's not going to be asked to be the number two or the number three guy. So when you got a fourth option fourth or a fifth option that's six four with good hands and good speed and is ready to go out there and make it happen how can you lose when you've got a tight end like darren waller how can you lose when your number two tight end is foster moreau who's paired who sat next to hunter renfro with Devontae adams over there you might you forget about brian edwards i expect brian edwards to be a heck of a lot better with a much better offensive game plan tailored to his athletic ability instead of asking him to run speed routes from a guy who's been a traditional possession receiver right and and with these guys in that wide receiver room it's just going to be a whole different dynamic right yeah you you have you have some adults in the room you have hunter renfro and that's the thing too a lot of people are like well is Devonte adams going to take passes away from hunter it doesn't matter you win ball games who cares there's enough to go around there's <laughs> you know enough there's to enough go to go around, around. <laughs> what i what i like about the the hollands move too to your point is a number four wide receiver so people be like what's the big deal about a number four wide receiver well if you're that deep imagine red zone offenses i mean the, the raiders have been unable to score in the red zone now to your point waller moreau adams uh edwards and now you have uh hollands you have that size and then you got the little guy running around too that he can he can kind of sneak his way into little gaps in the defense so so i like what they're doing here too because it addresses some of those deficiencies not only from a player talent perspective but from an offensive scheme and what they need to do when they get down into that red zone Absolutely. And you brought you brought up the receivers and I had tweeted that earlier. I was like, you're looking at six, four, six, 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 three, six, four, little Hunter. And let's not talk about the two beasts of running backs that you're bringing in for goal line. Now, I will say that there'll probably be some skirmishes about who's getting goal line touches because Josh has got to get his TDs. (laughs) But Brandon Bolden and Jacob Johnson are two large men. And they are going to plunge into the middle of of opponents' defenses repeatedly until they until they just can't handle it anymore. Yeah, and 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 of course the Raiders said goodbye to Alec Engel last week, uh, and he signs down in Miami. So good for him, Alec Engel, one of the really good guys in the league. Winning. Uh, Yep, absolutely. But at the same time. Jacob Johnson, I mean, I, I watched film of him uh, today in prep for the show. This guy, is, this guy is bringing the heat, man. This is a guy, this is a, a true 
blocking fullback, and uh, Josh Jacobs has got to be Josh Jacobs, who apparently is changing his number back to his college eight. By the way, um, to the, much to the chagrin of all you with twenty eight jerseys out there, uh, but nonetheless, those guys. And again, that's I, I just I just am, 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 it's it's it leaves me speechless a little bit to see how good sneaky good they got so quickly in the period of a few days. And not only that, but but Phil, they've used their money wisely. I mean, Very. now now you know why they saved the money because earlier in the day I had seen the 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 sport track numbers for the cost of the the Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro was going to be the highest paid wide receiver two million dollars now you know mm-hmm. why because Devonte Adams Adams is coming right. in and getting his so so right. I again we saw cap. We saw the Raiders under Reggie McKenzie get the cap in order. Then when John Gruden came in, we saw some up and down, some bad moves and some things that happened there that didn't manage the cap. Well, now you see some some guys who know what they're doing, and I love that because to your point about the offensive line, they got some work to do there, but I think they're going to have the money and the opportunity to do just that. Uh, they'll be able to draft, and we, we have to stop and take into consideration a couple of things when it comes to the cap numbers and math. Coming into this offseason with the moves that they made, they had about $36 million. They've gone out. They've made their signings. It depends on what some of the signing bonuses are and how they spread it out over the lifetime of the deal. As it stands, with the guys that they cut with the post-June 1st designations, Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib, the Raiders are looking at acquire, at picking up another $19.75 million dollars come june 1st so it's not that they won't have the money it's how it's how they how they choose to allocate it who they tell simply to just wait until they can pay them and there's go and at this point with the way that it looks the way that things are going on this this organization this french front office has had success with the draft and they brought in champ kelly who's had success with the draft in other places. They're yes. going to end up drafting the guys that you think we need to go out and spend money on to get because that's what good organizations do. They right. need to find a premier lineman who's going to be around to block these guys that are going to be in the division for however long they're going to be here. And you're not going to get that guy out of free agency. You can't pay everybody that much money. Not only that, but you you just unloaded your number one and number two pick this year, so you don't have to pay that high draft pick. Uh, so you're going to be able to go out and get guys. And I, I do think there are going to be some good players um, that are going to be available uh, on the free agent wire as well, too. Some some people you might do, and they may even swing some more trades uh, as well. And to me, that's what you got to do. You got to go get the offensive lineman. Um, you, you get Bilal Nichols on the inside on defense. Just one more thing on the defensive side, uh, Phil, is, is you get Bilal all nickels again a good player coming off two pretty good years um uh and but i still think they need more there uh and yes. so what do you think they're going to do that's i think another the the draft this year is pretty deep inside um in in probably rounds one through four you get past four it's always a crapshoot anyway so i think they're going to be able to address the inside of the defense and the offensive line in rounds three and four well, there we we could as we look at all of the free agent signings and we look at all of the guys from outside, we have to turn our our gazes and start looking within. Yeah. There now there are a few of our players who have gone, but there are a few who have not, and there are some defensive linemen who played good football for us last year, who will be who won't command a huge amount of money. 
Now, they could still be in negotiations with Quinn Jefferson and Solomon Thomas. And if they were able Mm -hmm. to bring one, if not both of them back, then that would instantly bring back some familiarity with Max and give you some guys who were who went out there and balled out for you and made some things happen. It, between the two of them, I would say that I'd rather have Quentin Jefferson. But if we were to only come back with Solomon Thomas and he play, he had a larger role, I would be okay with that as well. I felt like he did very well down the stretch toward, at the end of the season. And if that's what we do, and, and because we get, I, I liked a lot of the earlier early round defensive tackles. So yeah. again, the uh, uh, there's some adjustments that need to be made in terms of what the strategy is. Yeah, and they may end up, you know, again, draft day is always interesting. Uh, it, it never gets as crazy as everyone thinks it's going to be, and it's never always, it's never boring, that's for sure. And I just right. wonder this year um, if if the Raiders think about maybe trading up into that second round if, if one of those guys is available. Like you said, the first two rounds, and I'd say middle third, really solid with some defensive tackles on the inside and some linebackers. That's the other thing, Phil. What do they do at linebacker? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge need, I think, for them. And obviously, you have Chandler Jones now, uh, and and he can play, and he plays that kind of defensive end, upper uh, outside linebacker. But but what do you do there? You let Nick Kwiatkowski go, of course. We talked about Corey Littleton, um, and and both those guys are gone. So so what do you do at linebacker? What do you think the Raiders uh, need at this point in that system? Darian Beavers or Quay, or Quay Walker, one of the either the linebacker from Cincinnati mm-hmm. or the one or one of the off off ball linebackers from Georgia. There's a couple of guys that I like. Third round was about where I was looking at it at it. Third, fourth round. Uh, you've solved a cut like with the trade for Devontae Adams. You've solved a couple of issues that I would have used at that particular pick. Um, so. It's really a question of who do they who's on their draft board? How how do they value this draft? And a lot if you look at this particular the way that teams have been acting this particular free agency period thus far in offseason, they don't seem to they they look like they're in win now mode and they need to mm-hmm. get proven veterans, which shows me that there's not as much faith in this rookie class as is being mentioned that there yep. is. Yeah. Um the fact that everyone has saw is looking to solve their quarterback needs before entering the draft should tell you speak volumes as well when you look at uh, go ahead no i was gonna say no doubt about that that that's what's that's what's interesting to me too and we go back to the afc west discussion right so you look you look at the quarterback defensive end pass rushers combinations in the AFC West. You have Derek Carr, and now you have Jones and Crosby. You have Russell Wilson and Chubb and Gregory in Denver. Justin Herbert in L.A. with Mack and Bosa. And then you have Chiefs with Mahomes and and, and Chris Jones and Frank Clark. It, it's become, it's, it sounds like it's going to be the new kind of black and blue division, not for the running game, but instead for a high-flying passing game with a lot of risk because you're going to have guys coming off the edge. How much of this do you think, Phil, how much of Ziegler's um, uh, aggressiveness, it's it's impossible to know for sure, but how much of that was based on what's been going on in this division and what happened early on in this period? Uh, I would say that this would probably be one of those things that I would say that it had no bearing on it. And I Mm -hmm. usually don't say that 
Yeah. But Chandler Jones wanted out of Arizona long before Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels took the job, got awarded the jobs. Uh, he is he's he started in that organization. They drafted him. They found him. So they yeah. know all about him. Patrick Graham was his coach when he was a rookie. Ta as in his press conference, he told you, Patrick Graham taught me how to be a man, taught me how to tie a tie. You know, that the familiarity with the front office. I love these guys. They I came here to win. You know? Yeah. yeah. That is all of the that that alone has nothing to do with you know what I'm saying some of this other stuff. That's something that was there long before. Yeah. Then you look at going out to get Devontae Adams. Could was that a re, re, knee jerk reaction to what happened? No. That was set in stone back when David said something. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I tend to agree with you, right? I mean, sure, sure, I'm sure it enters into their mind, especially when you see the Russell Wilson situation go uh, as it did in Denver. But at the same time, this team, and, and, and under Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they said it, but they didn't really do it. And that was, they. you need to beat the Chiefs. No matter how you feel about the Chiefs, and no matter what happened with them last year, they're still the team to beat in the division. So if you're the Raiders, you have to build to beat them. And I think if you look at all of these moves, to your point earlier, that's exactly what they've done. So so I agree. I don't, I, I don't think it had any bearing on what they did over the last week. Uh, but they certainly knew, and you look at the wide receivers, you look at the cornerbacks, and on defense, what they did, that addresses all of the strengths you've seen with Kansas City. It, not just Kansas City, with the other wide receivers in their division. Correct. This is a, this is a receiver-friendly division, because mm -hmm. you talk about Kansas City, but let's swing back and talk about Denver. Yeah, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Now they got Rick Kijuan uh, Hamler. All they have a stable of wide receivers too, and now they have a quarterback capable of getting them the ball. Now we beat them, we swept Denver, but in, if you really go back and watch the tape, there were a lot of wide receivers who were open that just didn't get the ball because their quarterback play was poor. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson can deliver the football to an open receiver, regardless of what you think about him losing speed and having heavy legs when he run when he's trying to escape the pass rushers that were in the NFC West. Yeah. But now you now with your much improved quarterback play, those superior wide receivers should start to separate even more and look better. So now you have since you have six games out of the sea out of a 17 game season it's now even that much more imperative that you are able to play better against those teams and be able to compete with the rest of the teams in the league. Yeah. You can, you mentioned the chiefs and you absolutely need to beat the chiefs. They took a, yeah, my bad off of <laughs> Max Crosby by adding Chandler Jones. Now, who are you going to double on the off? If you double Chandler Jones, you double max. That's four guys on two. You've <laughs> got an, Patrick Graham has already said if our guys aren't winning one-on-ones, they need to find employment someplace else. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's look at that. I mean, you taught you you just made the great points about uh, the AFC West, and we got about about three minutes left, Phil. Um, you look at the rest of the AFC. Now, the AFC overall continues to get better and better. When you look at the Raiders and you look at the AFC West and the gauntlet that will be the AFC West, to me, you a lot of people tend to, oh man, when you get beat up in your own division, it's going to make it harder once you get out of your division. 
I always tend to think of it the other way and think, especially in the AFC, where you see some of these other teams uh, in in the other divisions who've gotten, well, we still don't know where Deshaun Watson's going to end up. He might end up going over to the NFC. But but you look at the entire AFC, and I like the Raiders building and, and, and being a tougher, more athletic, more talented team all the way around. Because a lot of people coming out of last year, yeah, they won 10 games and made the playoffs. But to me, they, they weren't built yet to go deeper into the AFC playoffs. Now I feel they've made those steps to where you can look at them and everything clicks together. They make some other good moves, including the draft and free agency. This team is being built not just for the AFC West, but for the AFC overall. And that is the way that uh, the Patriots were able to stay on top for as long as they did. You don't just look at the teams in your division. You you start with them, obviously, because if you can't win your division, then you can't consistently go to the playoffs. If you look at through that stretch of, of Patriot dominance, what they may, might have lost to the division twice, <laughs> three yeah. times right. in 20 years. I mean, come on. You've got to you've got to be able to beat the division, and then after that, you've got to be able to beat everybody else. This was a ten win team that went to the playoffs, that came with it, that had all types of of crazy stuff happen in order for the Bengals to beat them at home. Right. So th- this team was already right there, and mm-hmm. when they got to the playoffs, let's be honest, the qual the caliber of of players that they had at the skill positions weren't what they are today. No. And, and with all due respect to Rich Bisacci and that coaching staff, too, because of the disarray and everything, you know, you're, you're talking about a different type, I think, of staff this time around uh, with Lombardi and with McDaniels on the offensive side. So I think it's going to be much more dynamic, which helps, I think, get them uh, into a deeper playoff situation. Phil, man, listen, it's been it's gone by so quick, but I've enjoyed it. And you know your stuff. And you're, you're great. Love having you on. We'll have you on again. Also, get your other partner, the Phil. That's why it's called the Unfiltered Truth, right? Um, yes, we'll have sir. you both. We'll have you both on. You can follow Phil, by the way, for everybody in Southern California listening on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Follow Phil at Philip Robinson three. So three one two three. I I I I I uh, on Twitter, so that uh, you can keep up with it. He's always good stuff. Not not emotional, ridiculous stuff, but he's always well measured, objective. And that's why we appreciate him. Phil, man, thank you so much for joining us here, and we'll catch you on next time. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right, that's going to do it for the show this week. Wow, we'll see what the next week brings. Uh, but Raider Nation, you got to feel good on your Friday night. Go have a Modelo. Go eat some good food. We'll talk to you here next week on the Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. For my usual partner, Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson, and for our special guest host, Philip Robinson III. We'll talk to you next time, Raider Nation. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.